Welcome to It's a Good Life, the podcast for entrepreneurs, where it's all about growing yourself and your business. Before we begin, I want to remind you about our ad-free option. Go to It's a Good Life on the Apple Podcast app. You'll see a banner under the logo to remove ads and unlock early access to episodes. It's just five bucks a month, and there's even a free trial. Either way, continue listening to It's a Good Life, and here's our man, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you. We have a very special guest today, someone who I've been planning to talk to for years. Don't know why it took so long. We have Dr. Ivan Joseph in the house today. His TED Talk on self-confidence has been viewed over 26 million times. He's worn many hats over the years. He was a professor, soccer coach close to my heart, an athletic director. He's won national titles at both Grayson University and Ryerson University. Received the NAIA uh, Coach of the Year. So excited to talk with him today about his book, You Got This, Mastering the Skill of Self-Confidence. Ivan, welcome to the show. We're delighted to have you. Thanks for having me, Brian. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to the conversation today. Great stuff. So let's dive in. Uh, You know, we're going to talk about the book, but give the folks a little background, where you're from, where you grew up, and how you ended up in this line of work. Yeah, you know, I was born in Guyana, South America, and like many Carabiners, you know, my family emigrated to Canada. I grew up a gym rat, a jock, played every sport imaginable, uh, athlete of the year of my high school, went to the States on a soccer scholarship and a track scholarship after flunking out of university and hid it from my parents. So (laughs) there's the confidence part comes in. (laughs) Lucky enough to win a national championship, met and married my wife over there. Um, After that, became a professor, studied sports psychology, really interested on the mental side of the game. That's where confidence comes in. Became a director of athletics, have coached national teams, Olympians, world championship teams. And I'm currently the vice president of student affairs at Wilfrid Laurier University here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Well, we love Toronto and we're up there regularly. The Irish and the Canadians have a lot in common. They've got a great sense of humor don't take themselves too seriously, and like a few drinks. That's what I've noticed about the Canadians. Indeed. Yeah, and we have a huge following up there. So, you know, and again, I'm going to recommend everybody take a look at your TED Talk. It's actually spectacular. And most of them, you know, it's hard, right? Give 15 minutes to tell the world. It takes a lot of mastery to do that. But you've also been in the game. You've got your own business now. You've got your book business. You've you fixed up homes and rented them out, and you you had a laundromat, like all of entrepreneurs, we tried a bit of everything. How did you catch the entrepreneurial bug? You know, it's a good, uh, it's a good spirit uh, word, right? You know, I, I remember my professor, professor saying, you're an entrepreneur. I'm like, I don't build businesses. That's not what I do. He goes, the word entrepreneur for him meant you create value. You leave things better than you found them. And to me, that's the word I mean. And that's the life I try and live. How do I make things better than I found it? And so that's been something that's been an ethos to my personality from day one. I like to improve things. I like to think I can make things better. So it's not about dollars and cents. It's about adding value to the world. And that's been with me since day one. Well, and, and I'm going to say, you know, we have a, an assessment tool we use in Real Strengths, which, you know, there's an attribute called Refiner. And a Refiner likes to make things better and make people better. And it's why I like fixing up real estate. And it's how I ultimately ended up in the coaching business, because there's nothing better to fix up than a person, you know, and there's nothing better than that. Love your book. Love your book. My team is raving about your book. I brought it on vacation with me. 
You got this. It's a simple read. It's a powerful read. It's got cool stories, but it's also got a little workbook aspect to it, which I found fantastic. So I could see the professor in there. And what's really cool about this, you know, our brand at Buffini Company for our coaching is we've got you. We've got you. No matter, oh, there's a recession. We've got you. The interest rates have changed. We've got you. So you got this uh, fits beautifully with what we're certainly trying to do as an organization. I'm a big fan of definitions. You've got a beautiful definition for self-confidence. The best I've heard. Simple, powerful. Maybe we could start there and then work through the whole dynamic of self-belief and self-confidence. Yeah. It's the genuine belief in your ability to accomplish the task at hand. And I think there's keywords there. Genuine belief. You can't just pretend and fake it. And then it's the task at hand. That means self-confidence is dependent on the specific task you're doing at the time. If you're selling homes and you've got that down, yes. It doesn't mean you're going to have confidence in doing your taxes, right? So make sure that, you know, that comes through repetition, repetition, repetition. But we can get into that later. Well, obviously, and, and again, I love in your TED Talk, you talk about, okay, the pilots, it's like the airplane movie, someone's sick and you walk down. Uh, who, can, who can fly a plane? Well, I'm very confident. No, that's not enough, right? I, I need a doer. And, and by the way, one of the things I commend you on and one of the reasons, what, what really... For us, when we go looking for guests, we want people who've been there and done that as a resume. Because speaking from experience is a totally different dynamic, right? The, the Greeks had three words for knowledge, head knowledge, heart knowledge, and the one they valued the most was experiential knowledge. You know, you've been a professor, you've been a coach, you've won championships. And out of that experience, that's when you start develop this philosophy. You develop this philosophy with players, with an organization. And then it became a book. And then it became talks. And so I, I love that about you. One of the things you talk about is that self-confidence is a skill. I think most people believe it's something you're born with and you either have or you don't. And so maybe we could talk a little bit about that and why, why it's a skill. Yeah, and this is the psychologist in me coming through, right? Traits are stable and enduring personality traits. Skills are things that we can hone and develop over time. They come and they go. And with practice, we can make them better. And it's a skill because if you do something over and over and over again till it becomes automatic, you can do it without thought, without distraction. Whether that's tying your shoe, which is a skill, driving your car stick shift the first time, again, a skill, or this genuine belief in your ability, a skill. And what happens is as we do things over and over, we start to feel good. We start to think, yeah, I can't miss. I got this. And then we go and we try something different, something new, like, oh, my gosh, I had, you know, I was really good at doing this presentation in front of my my two people at work. Then all of a sudden you want to do it in front of a thousand people and you'll feel your heart rate pulse. You'll see all these things. You'll start to get sweaty like this. That's when that skill is different because doing it in front of two is not the same as doing it in front of a thousand. So then you got to work yourself back up again. So always we talk about global self-confidence and specific self-confidence and specific self-confidence and global aren't things you can just generalize and snap your fingers. What do what those mean? Let's, let's dive in there a little bit. Tell me what global self-confidence is. So global is when you just feel good about yourself. You know what? I feel good. I look good. I sound good. I talk good. Yes, absolutely. Right? I just, you know what? I have a- Deion Sanders. Yeah. And that's about <laughs> hope and optimism, meaning when things go bad, I will have a plan to get myself out of it. Right? Global self-confidence is usually att attributed to levels of dopamine in your system. You know, the happiness, resilience, chemical that you've got. When you've got that, you're feeling good. The problem is, as you get past the age of 28, 
our body stops producing dopamine at the same levels. So it's harder for us to have that global self-confidence, hence the term grumpy old man, right? <laughs> you got to work hard. You got to trick your body into that. What about the specific then? Where does the specific come in? Specific is when you have an individual task that you've done over and over and over again. And now you know that you're an expert. You feel like you've researched it. You've practiced it. You've developed it. You've tested it. And you know that you're really good. Niche and, and really specific. The problem is when really specific people get really expert at things, they then become afraid to try something else, something new, something different. Right. Because then they're afraid of failure. Right. There's no doubt you start over, right? I, yeah. I experienced it. You know, I built my business. I became one of the top five real estate agents in the country and built this very big business, had the immigrant thing going and working hard and everything else. And then I was asked, hey, can you share what you do? Huh? And again, most Irishmen can talk for sure. But I had to go and start over, you know, and when I decided, hey, people were resonating with this and I was going to go build this into a business, I went from being at the top of the mountain and then, okay, now we're going to start over here. And I remember when I first, you know, 30 years ago, started doing speaking engagements. And at the time, the real estate business was full of kind of hardcore pressure salesmen, carpetbagging from town to town. And I'm going, what am I doing? What am I doing? But it was ultimately like I had stepped down from the top, felt like I'd come to the bottom. I just had this burning desire to help people. And the desire was stronger than the pain, you know? And then I did 2,500 seminars over the last 30 years and spoken to millions of people. But, you know, that's, that's, that was my progression with the same thing. You know, two things resonate with me, what you just said. Number one was that burning desire to help people. You know, from my high-performing talks, that talks about this clarity of purpose, this North Star. But the other piece that's related to the specific self-confidence is one of the things that inhibits people from gaining confidence or, or arrests them and holds them back is this fear of failure. And you had that fear, but you were, over to, over, you were able to overcome it because of your burning desire to help people. Right. It's one or the other, right? I, passion. Everybody wants to be passionate. The word yeah. paseo means to suffer. What are you willing to suffer for? Yeah. I was willing to suffer the fear. I was willing to suffer like there's no doubt. Yeah. You know, I listened to talks I gave 27 years ago and I go, man, people came back. Like, what were they coming back for? <laughs> like, what? There was an energy there. I was definitely yeah. fired up, but I was like, what, what were they listening to? You know? So, you know, and I'm sure you've had to go through the same thing here. You've professor to coach to AD, and now you're out doing speaking engagements and writing books. I'm sure you had the exact same thing. You know, the first speech I ever gave where they paid me for it was I was on stage with Maya Angelou, right? Like mm, Maya oh. Angelou. I, I'd spoken to like my dog, my cat, maybe 10 people. And they're like, we're putting you on. And like it was 4,000 people. I remember, oh. and it's on YouTube. You you see me climb the stage. It's like, oh, guys, let's, let's have a little ripple, a little ripple there for welcome me. And I'm really saying that because I was out of breath and my heart was racing. I couldn't start speaking. I needed a moment to use my own techniques on myself. Oh, my God, you got this. Okay, come on, slow down. You've done this before. You're going to be okay. I was scared beepless. <laughs> <laughs> well, you figured it out. You got over it. Yeah. And I'm sure Maya Angelou, you know, she's such a, I met her one time. She's such a gracious lady. She probably loved your talk more than anything, you know. Oh, she's very kind. Yeah. So let's kind of dive in a little bit. Let's, somebody's listening to this. We have a lot of folks tune in and they don't feel like they are operating at the top of the game. Their dopamine might be down, which is great. They might not have as much global 
confidence as they did. Their optimism might be down a little bit. How does someone go about the process of developing self-confidence? Yeah. So, you know, I'll back up one step and say, if you've got doubt in your hand, if you're afraid to put up your hand, if you're afraid to take risks, if you have negative self-talk, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. Right. Those are signs that you're lacking confidence. You're afraid to put up your hand. Oh, man, I knew the answer. I I wish I'd said so. Right. Then you've got to then say, here's a few things that you can work on. Number one, you want to stop that negative talk. Right. If you look at professional athletes, they'll clap their hands. They'll snap their fingers. They'll take a deep breath in. Those are called centering exercises. Get rid of the negative thought. Boom, boom. Snap, snap. That's just a quick physical trigger. Then replace it immediately with a positive affirmation. Right. You've heard mine. If you watch my TED talk, I am the captain of my ship and the master of my fate. I got this right. Nobody outworks me. I can learn anything. Whatever those positive, quick statements are, you're not hearing me say I'm going to be a millionaire. Right. It's like, no, actions and thoughts that I have direct control and influence over three affirmations a day. And here, Brian, it's I don't know if I say it in my uh, talk, but here's the, the, the science behind it. Three affirmations a day from Harvard. If you're in the um, creative problem solving, 17% more productive in productivity of collateral material. If you're in complex problems and diagnostics, problem solving, logistics, analytics, 23 to 27% faster to solve a complex problem. And for all your folks there in the revenue generation, your salespeople, three affirmations a day are 30 to 33% increase in overall sales. So confident people who use affirmations, there's a net return on that investment. A hundred percent. And there's a reason why we spend so much time on this side of it as a business coaching company. I mean, at the end of the day, we have business fundamentals. We teach people to write personal notes and make calls to your database and exceed their expectations and provide them little items of value and things like that. The system is pretty straightforward. The problem is that it's people who have to do it. And in the sales world, you get very exposed. You get very exposed for who you are and what you're not. I had someone the other day, a very competent professional, lovely lady. I've entrusted her with referrals personally. And she had a family member buy a house without her. And it was just devastating to her, just devastating. And and it goes from, well, that's unfortunate that somebody didn't buy a house with me to, I need to do something else. I'm obviously not good at this. If the people who know me Don't trust me. And it just, that spiral goes down. And so this work is so crucial in our space. Yeah. Because you just get, you get hammered and you get down on one knee. Then here comes all the gravy train of all the negative thoughts that comes behind it. It, It's wild stuff. That's where you stop it, right? I think it's an important lesson too is confident people interpret feedback differently, right? And and part of that is, is how are you going to respond to failure? Right. Instead, like, man, I can't believe they just missed out on all the advice I was going to give them. Right. Like you've got to interpret that feedback in a way that sets you up for success. And equally as important is you also have to ask yourself, what am I here to learn? Because confident people have to be willing to accept failure as part of the, the process and then ask themselves, what are they here to learn? Because we want to move through it so quickly because we're con- you know, like we're consumed with shame that we don't reflect on the teachable moments. Right. I mean, I, my phrase is there's no such thing as failure. It's all feedback. Yeah. You know, it's just feedback. You know, like I, I did a presentation and I bombed. You know, it's feedback. You know, I, you know, it's like, okay, I tried this. It's just feedback. You know, Zig Ziglar used to say failure is an event. It's not a person. We have a tendency to attach the personage to the failure itself. 
one technique you've talked about is that you wrote a letter to yourself. Yes. I'd love you to share that with the folks. I think it's a brilliant concept and something worth hanging on to. Yeah. I think there's times when we're, we're going to be in a new position. We've got a new promotion. We've got a new opportunity. And, oh, my gosh, you're going to feel imposter syndrome. Am I good enough? Do they know? Do I belong here? Am I? I don't know. And you want to, you know, like I, when I got became a director, I wanted to go back to my old job where I was the king of my fiefdom. That's when I wrote a letter to myself, my personal brag sheet about all the things that I'm great at, exceptional at, all my accomplishments. Mine starts something like this. Dear Ivan, congratulations on choosing the right woman to marry. Boy, did you luck out. You raised three great kids and you launched them. You set a goal of getting your PhD before the age of 40. You won a national championship. You competed at the World Cup. Like all of these things that are my personal brag sheet. When I'm feeling like I don't, I'm not good enough, when I'm feeling like I don't know if I can do this, out comes that letter to myself. And I'm old enough that my letter was on paper <laughs> and I would just read it, read it, read it. Nowadays, it's on the phone or the iPad. And you need that. And here's the, here's the science behind it. Again, when you read that letter to yourself, it releases dopamine in your system, the happiness juice, and elevates that and builds your grit and your resilience. Here's the great pin in the bubble for so many people is... Here is Dr. Ivan Joseph. He's accomplished all these things. He's written this best-selling book. He talks about the mastering of self-confidence. And then people will naturally think he never struggles with confidence. He never has doubt. He doesn't have any fears. He's conquered his insecurities. I remember being asked one time, you know, we have conferences from 1,000 to 5,000 people, and we'll hand out the microphones. And I remember one time this person stands up and asks a question. And I love this, right? It's a coaching part. And this person opens up with, Brian, back when you had problems, and I, I was like, you mean this morning? <laughs> like, no, no, like you don't have any problems now. You've, you've, you got your, my brag sheets out there in front of people. And people think that's, you know, it's there for a reason. You know, here is a guy who's spending his passion now in this, this season of his career on developing self-confidence in others and teaching on this and speaking on this. People would be shocked to find out that you have doubt or that you have bad days or that you get hits or you have to question yourself. Absolutely. Just like, and I don't know if it's the, I'm at the age of 52. I was like, I'm like, am I good at this job? Like I'm a vice president. Am I good at it? Like literally last week, I remember when I got my first director of athletics job, my first vice president job. Absolutely. I don't like, I don't want like, I don't want these people to know that I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like there's a book, like when you get a job that should be, they call me boss. Now what? Because we all feel like, what do I do? And I'm afraid of being. I'm just an immigrant kid who moved to Canada. (laughs) It's so true. So, yes, you are not alone. If your listeners are out there and you're feeling like you're not good enough and you feel like you're struggling, you are not alone. This book is for you. This talk is for you. This talk is for everybody. To me, it's a day by day thing. You know, I I, every day before I put one foot on the floor, you know, it is a day by day thing. And, And what happens, I think, is that people look at folks like ourselves who've achieved some things and so on and so forth and put us on this pedestal like everything is perfect, everything they touch is gold. And one of the things it does is it minimizes the process for people who are achieving. And I think it overburdens people for the struggles that they have themselves. They feel so far removed from that when they're probably right on the door, knocking on the door. You know, here's the thing too, um, and I'm assuming you're a high performer, it's clear. High performers go through life missing a lot. 
right? They only look at our big hits and our big wins, but they don't see all these failures because we're always reaching. We're never content. We're never happy. And when you're going through life, always stretching and just beyond your reach, there's a few ledges you don't miss hit, right? There's a few you miss. And so that takes a toll after a while and you, you become afraid. And then the other end, there's also people that are envious and jealous. I can do that. I don't know. He just got lucky. I'm not, you yep. know, I even got the job because he's black. I don't think he deserves yep. it. I can do the better job. I can do that speech better than Brian. I, I'm a better coach than him. And so if you're not careful and you start hearing all of those things combined with your own, you'll start to take it on and it will change your very identity. And that becomes your narrative and your self-talk. And that's what right. you've like, you'll hear me say in my speech, get away from those people who will tear you down because they will take away that magic in you, the thing that makes you special and you will become good enough. And that's a danger. They light the fuse that, you know, the TNT is already in our head and we get around those people. They light the fuse and then we, we join in on the course. And I don't know why, I mean, you have kids. I don't know why it took me so long to teach them please and thank you. And the other stuff they picked up naturally. You know, the positive is hard. You know, I don't know if you know uh, Dr. Shad Helmstetter. He wrote the original What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. And we were a sponsor of Shad 30 years ago. And it just this whole dynamic of what it actually means. And what I love about your work is that you've really anchored the dynamic of affirmation in a very, very practical way and driven it towards this area of self-confidence. To me, self-confidence is the most attractive quality in the marketplace. It's the most attractive quality in a business person, in a salesperson. It's the most attractive quality when you're looking for a partner and a mate. And it's the opposite of arrogance. It's the opposite of cockiness, right? That's insecurity. We're talking about this authentic, authentic self-confidence. What are a few other things you would give people that would help them get anchored in their own self-confidence and their own belief? Yeah, absolutely. And I like how you said it's the opposite of arrogance and, and cockiness because arrogance and cockiness is what you tell others about how great you are. Confidence is what you tell yourself, right? And that's one defining moment. And, and so as you try and anchor yourself and try and build your confidence, one of the things, you know, once you get past the affirmations, once you get past the self-talk, I think it's really important for you to recognize, okay, you failed. What are you going to learn? What are you going to do? Okay. How are you going to interpret that feedback? Okay. The other piece is, is that the process of becoming great and becoming confident is filled and grounded in hope and optimism. And you can't build your hope and optimism. Let's make sure we're on the same page there. That's despite setbacks and challenges, you still see a light at the end of the tunnel. You can't build that by yourself. Relationships, relationships, relationships. And I'm not talking about your Facebook friends or your Instagram friends. I'm talking about the ones that got your back no matter what. You know, those ones where you pick up the phone and you haven't seen them in forever and time flies like that, right? That releases dopamine again. The other thing, these hobbies that create flow, right? Cheeks Mentehalai, a famous sports psychologist said, hobbies that create flow, that make time go by, that put you in the zone, Again, build hope and optimism. Again, link to dopamine. That builds your confidence. And finally, recognizing that nobody does anything alone. Who did you, who did you use to help you get here? Who opened the door, gave you advice, mentored you? If you thank a mentor by reading a letter to them or giving them a phone call, you have a spike of dopamine 9 to 18 times higher. In fact, if you come back 30 days later, elevated levels of dopamine are still in your system. Hope, optimism, again, linked to confidence. Yeah, it's brilliant. Well, that's why we got in the coaching business. Yeah. And I know when our coaches get off the phone, 
they have a hit of dopamine, but the client has it as well because it's an encouragement, a reflection. No, you're not this. You're not that. You actually are who you say you are. It's great stuff. And I highly recommend the book is beautiful. It's called You Got This. And it's, you talk about a you got this read. You know, it's just so many times these things come in and someone needs to tell us everything they know. And you don't got this. <laughs> it's such a, it's beautiful. And it, it has power in it in that it, it withholds where it needs to withhold and it empowers where it needs to empower. So I highly recommend the book. Ivan, we have five rapid fire questions we ask every guest. And we've had from world-class athletes to actors, you name it, we've had them on this show. And this is just a way for our clients to get to know you a little bit better. And it brings a little different flavor to the show. So this is kind of how we finish. So I have five rapid fires. If you're ready, I'm going to throw them to you. Go for it. What's the single best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Oh, man. So I'm going to say it this way. Live in the moment and let go of your mistakes. Mm. Where'd you get that from? You know, a sports psychologist that was a coach of mine with the national team. Live in the moment, let go of your mistakes. Wow. Words to live by. And I'll bet certainly uh, words to play. I I need to take that on the golf course, don't I? Amen. (laughs) That's great. What's the one talent or gift you wish you possessed that you currently don't? I wish I was hyper organized, an A type Mm. personality. Really, you know, I got Polly that does that for me, but I wish I had some of that in me. Well, that's why the Lord gave you that woman. So that's what you need, right? So we are very thankful for Polly. That's why you showed up today and you're here and. That's why we're hoping to organize you into a few uh, events we have planned where we'd love to have you speak for us. What book has been most instrumental in your life? You know what? Anthony Robbins, Awaken Mm. the Giant Within. I was in university. I had flunked out of university. I was hiding from my parents. I felt like I wasn't good enough. And that book said, I can do anything I put my mind to. And it changed my life. Yeah, it was a classic. It was a classic. And Anthony and I were both mentored by a guy named Jim Rohn. Ah. And uh, that's who he first went to work for. And Anthony was actually right down the street. His business was here for years and years. We'd have lots of different people who went from our organization to theirs and back and forward before he moved to Florida. So, yeah, The Giant himself, that was that was a giant of a book. Yeah. You're probably not a huge TV watcher, but there's one movie. You, every time it's on, you stop to watch it. It's You're flicking through the channels you over and over again. You always stop on this one. What would be the one you watch over and over again? You know what? I'm a sap for musical Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. <laughs> I love it. Right. I, I love, love that classic movie. I can't help it. I know all the words. Oh, man. There were some great. And that's the original, right? That's yes, the original. Absolutely. Adam Parnaby. And oh, Adam, yeah. I think Powell, Jane Powell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of the singer who's the big guy who was the singer. It was, it was brilliant. He was also in Paint Your Wagon. I'm trying to yes, think of him. But, Oklahoma as well. I yeah. Think. Right. Some great, great songs in there. Last but not least, what does the good life mean to you? The good life to me means living within your means, surrounded by people who love you unconditionally and adding value to the world that you live in. Well, my friend, it seems like you've done all of those three things. So congratulations and uh, thank you for this today. We're in a world that could use more authentic self-confidence and your passion and heart for this subject is phenomenal. And it, I, I really think it's, it is something that can give people more hope and optimism. And I think the book can give them more hope and optimism. And like we said, I'm certainly hopeful that we can get you to speak at a number of our events to our audience. Yeah, you really are a, a special guy with a special message. And we're very, very thankful to have you here today. Um, as the guys told you, we always finish our show with a blessing from my 92-year-old mother 
who uh, finishes off all of our broadcasts with a little recording of an Irish blessing. And uh, I know uh, many of the folks, when I'm up in Canada, they really like this. So uh, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you for your gift and your passion to help people. And I really appreciate you being with us today. And uh, we'll let Mother Therese end it all for us today. So thanks for coming. Thank you, my friend. May the road rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. Music